Hello, audio-only listener. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. This is a recording of a live podcast episode that aired live on YouTube. We usually go live at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesdays. That being said, we may be making references to things that can only be seen on screen. Don't worry, you're not going to miss out on any information because of this. Just some things may not make sense because we're making a reference to something that is on screen. And with that out of the way, thank you so much for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to another Alternate Media Live special. Uh, I am Brad here with my compatriot, Seamus. Of course. <laughs> Not <None> Brad. <laughs> <laughs> And um, uh, you guys know what we do here at Killing the Church. For those of you who don't, uh, we discuss things that we believe are killing the church or doctrines within the church that need to be killed, uh, or, or in general, just subjects that the lack of clarification may be what's killing the church. And that's what we'll be discussing tonight. We'll be further clarifying on on something that we think the church has been uh, a little too ambiguous on for a long time. <laughs> So we're here to kill it. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you have with you tonight? Uh, Who who do you have in spirit? Oh, I have. Okay. So um, remember how I keep saying uh, to the viewers out there that uh, I'm trying to dwindle down my whiskey supply more and more. uh, And I keep making this mistake. And I've just now realized that this is why I always have this problem. I always ask for the same thing every year when people... I don't celebrate my birthday, but people always ask me and they want to get me something anyway. So I always say, give me a good whiskey, give me a good cigar and maybe a good book. Basically pay for the perfect evening for me. Um, and people usually deliver. And uh, I've, unfortunately, I've now been gifted more whiskey than I know what to do with. <laughs> and so tonight I'm having a gift. As you see, it's neatly bowed. The original, the tried and true, my number one favorite go-to Bushmills original. Wonderful. I will actually be <laughs> polishing off a bottle. So I've I have the opposite of the problem you've got going on. I'm gonna be finishing a bottle tonight. Um <laughs> of the uh that Jim Beam double oak twice casked thing, oh. twice barreled. Yep. And and depending on how long that lasts, I might get into the Elijah Craig a little later in the after party. Uh although I do share the problem that you've got. In that, you know, I, I got down to two bottles of beer left in the fridge and I was like, all right, I'll probably just stop buying it and just work on the whiskey that I've got. Uh, but lo and behold, a neighbor who is a mutual friend of ours dropped off like three quarters of a 24 pack of Yingling uh, because they don't right. want the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> so so I suddenly have way more beer than I intended on having. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well but it will I'm, get drunk I'm, well I'm, I'm actually totally out of beer i got like this cold snap left so i'm just polishing it uh i'm out of the i'm out of town for this weekend i'm actually going to california um this weekend so um yeah so I, i'm not getting anything like i'm not re- refilling on anything because i won't be here and uh yeah and then we got oh tomorrow we have the discussion with uh, what is what is their? Do they have like a single podcast name? It's like two different people. Yeah, it's one of them is the Complete Sinner's Guide. Um, right. 
And what's I'm the other point? That one, I, I, I don't know. I've only I feel ever so seen. So bad for not knowing this. P O T A. That's all I know is that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, we're, we will be sharing the link, and it will be, it'll be, it'll be a good discussion. I think. I think it'll be a great discussion. <laughs> a friend of ours has proposed a solution to our quote unquote problem. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like this idea. Oh, all right. So before we get started, uh, once again, special thanks to our top tier Patreon supporters. You guys make the dream happen. A uh, quick, quick little, like just a uh, little thing here. Um, and I, I do not, I'm, I'm really trying to do this in a say this in a way that doesn't make it seem like we're trying to prop ourselves up or, or whatever. Uh, because <laughs> even Brad doesn't know about this yet. Funny enough. Um, but your guys' support has actually helped keep a an old like a uh, he he joined the Marines in 1971, I think it was. So he's very senior. Um, but he was basically kicked to the street. Uh, his family didn't want him anymore, and he he was in a tough spot. And your uh, we we uh, used some of your guys' support to actually help him stay off the street. And now he's in a stable house. He's in a good place. Uh, so if you guys are wondering where your money's going, not only are we giving most of it away for books, um, grand prizes, things for you guys, trying to give that back to you, but we're also putting that money back into our community and helping keep uh, some people who really shouldn't be in that kind of situation uh, get back on their feet. Uh, so uh, that that happened very recently. And I uh, just want to let you guys know that, that you guys, you guys did that. That was all you. So uh, once again, thank you so much for your guys' support. You are doing the Lord's work, whether you realize it or not, your money is being put to good use. Um, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to say that to like prop us up, like, ah, oh, we're, we're so, we're so good. I'm trying to find the, the best way to say this, but, but let you guys know uh, that where your money is going is going to a good place. So thank you. Um, and uh, for those of you who do want to support, there's the link in the, in the, in the thingamadoo, the bibbly-bob, the, the below of the screen thingamadoo. Yep. It's also in the description. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are drinking with us, comment what you're drinking below. And if you've got any recommendations, we're all about it. Although we're going to slow down for Passover, but we're yeah, all yep. about it. Okay. <laughs> it's our dry so season. Get, <laughs> yeah. So let's get the music going. Yeah, absolutely. Go. And let's hide the music. There it is. All right. All right. So you guys know the topic. You guys can read titles. Why don't you introduce us there, sir, sir Brad? <laughs> so the will of God, right? It's it's in in the Christian church. It's this like mysterious, ethereal idea for the 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 plan for your life that you don't know about, but God has it, right? It's 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 this super individual. I'm trying not to use the word destiny, but that is effectively what it amounts to. It doesn't really differ from the fate. <laughs> right, from 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 the pagan concept of destiny and fate, right? Um and that is just biblically not what God's will is. Um and 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 I think there's also there there's a, a fair bit of conflation also with like uh the will of God and the the ways of of the Lord. And there's a reason for conflating those two. We'll discuss that a little later. 
Um, because in, in the Christian church, those are two different things, right? The ways of God, the ways of the Lord. This is also some uh, mystical, ethereal idea of the general good, right? It's a very generic term for a, a, a general good. <laughs> um, and and there is you you and I have seen it. There is a an attempt uh, and a, almost a need to distinguish the ways of the Lord from the Torah. Uh, we've we have met pushback on that before. You and I personally um, in discussions where we try and we we define the ways of the Lord as as being the Torah, uh, and we're met with pushback. Um, and and even the verses that we go over are still if. if when people examine them, um, they appeal to the generality of them. And so we'll be going over a few particular verses, uh, a handful of them, that mention either his way or his ways, the way or the ways of the Lord, what have you, any different nomenclature that would still fit within that purview. And we're going to examine and see exactly what they're talking about. Yeah, so it's kind of a twofold thing because uh, the 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 will of God thing is is actually relatively a short topic that we can uh, kind of cover in a second. Um, essentially, with that particular topic in in, in um, right now, <laughs> um, essentially, yeah, as you said, the, the the typical Christian thought of what you hear in churches or even outside of churches, what you might hear in a prayer group or or things like that. Uh, you will um, you you will hear things like I think this is you know I'm trying to find out what God's will is for my life or I think this is God's will for my life um, and that's how they're using the phrase and they and, and they're trying to essentially put it together as like uh, the, what they envision that the will of God what the phrase means they envision that there is a plan um, and this ultimate plan has you involved in it in some way and you're just trying to live within that plan. Um, and, and figure out what to do uh, and, in light of that, uh, knowing that there's a plan that exists. And that's not the, it's not exactly the wrong way to use the phrase, but in we would say in Judaism, that is not how the phrase is actually ever used. Um, if it is used that way, it's, it's incredibly rarely. Usually uh, there's this idea of uh, a, an emphasis on free will when it comes to Judaism. So there, there really isn't this whole like, what is God's will for my life? As in like, should I take the promotion or should I get a new job here? That's not usually the way that uh, Judaism uses the phrase. Instead, they uh, they have this phrase reserved for something else entirely because you get to choose essentially what you want to do. That's your free will. You get, you get that. Um, and whatever you choose, uh, it, it kind of... We'll get into Jesus' words actually about it here in a second. So. <laughs> right, right. I, I yeah. think one of, the, one of the aspects of this idea of god's will uh being a form of destiny right is it's accepted by I, I would say the vast majority of christianity that 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 it's it's accepted in this light and it's almost like a soft or like a diet calvinism um <laughs> you know even for those who are not calvinists it's still it's 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 approached as though it's this thing that you can't control because god is guiding you right to it and then 
But then for some, there's this idea of like, well, if you can't meet what God needs, then he'll find somebody else, um, which that certainly has a biblical precedence uh, on, on its own. Whereas <laughs> like the idea in Judaism is that your choices can effectively at some point become God's will, right? Uh, and just to give an example, uh, uh, an apples to apples comparison here is that uh, in a lot of Christian churches, there's this idea that God has handcrafted this one particular person just for you to marry, right? Mm, it's it's yeah. it's it's the Christian version of a soulmate, right? That that when he formed you, he had this person in mind, and 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 so he tailored that person specifically to you. That idea does not exist uh, necessarily in 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 Judaism and in, in the biblical model. Um, the idea, as far as I understand, in Judaism is that when you get married, that's when it becomes God's will. That's when that person becomes handcrafted to you. That's uh, I, well. So okay. So to, to, to kind of because I can hear it now ha happening in the comments, um, and this hasn't happened yet, but I can hear it. Um, that's not to say that there isn't a scenario in which God can form someone for you. That's not to say that that can't happen. That's more of a philosophical standpoint. Um, but understand in the Hebrew mindset, once you've made the choice to marry a person, that is now your soulmate. And it is now God's will that you stay with that person. So there's, there's a way in which you, you sort of shape your reality um, in, in that way. So it, w once you say the vows and that marriage has been been fully consummated and it is now uh, a biblical marriage right a full marriage um that it is god's will for you to be within that marriage now yep. uh, now obviously you know abuse and, and things like that there are definitely exceptions to this but there uh, are mitigating circumstances that, yeah absolutely we're not we're not trying to say you know stay with a wife beater we're, we're not saying that at all we, what we are saying though is um that typically you know in a healthy uh, relationship you might have hard times and this is we see this happen sometimes where oh, i feel the spirit leading us apart and i should marry this person instead or something like that or i've actually recently heard i feel the spirit leading us apart and i vehemently disagree with with that sentiment entirely i don't think the spirit of god would ever tell you to do something that would be against his will against you know the commandments um, of the holy sanctity of marriage. If you're going through hard times, um, that is not a good—I don't think—a good excuse to say that the spirit is leading me apart. You—you are you smiling. You got something. What's going I'm on? Reading? No, I'm reading the chat. Spirit okay. Wars just just further up posted something that's just gold. <laughs> mm, I got you. And 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 you know we we talk about. Uh, Again, there are circumstances, actually, the exceptions can be made also for adultery as well, uh, where a divorce is allowed. Uh, and even, you know, even Yeshua himself is more like, well, it's allowed because of the hardness of your hearts. But, you know, the spirit of the law is that you, it shouldn't happen to begin with. Um, but it, it is permissible. It's allowed. There are situations in which it is allowed. And 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 just to to, to fully represent, right? Uh, J.I. Rowe just posted a, a very good comment, and that's that's that women can be abusive too. So you know, we we do understand and sympathize with the fact that uh, that uh, abuse goes both ways in a marriage. Um, and we're not understand we're not condoning either scenario. What we're saying though is that in an ideal situation where both people are trying to honor God's will, right? Because that's what we're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. Then when you get married, 
staying with that person is God's will for you, right? That yeah. person now is God's will for your life because you have chosen to marry them. And you, you've, you've put yourself uh, in, a, in, a, in a covenant, in a boundary. And so that is now up to you, uh, the two of you, to, to maintain that covenant to the best of both of your abilities. Uh, and that's so and we're actually what we're driving at with our original point is that the phrase the will of God is synonymous in Hebrew thought with Torah or keeping the commandments. Yes. And that's we've we've got tons of references. My favorite reference, though, uh, that I that I want to touch on, because we've been doing Tanya for a while now, uh, Daily Tanya. And all the way back in you, you actually you, you reminded me of this reference. Um, but it's all the way back in chapter two, where we see a direct the will of God is equal to the Torah, the commandments, the mitzvah, that that is the will of God. That's what that means. And, and the reason he says, states this all the way back in chapter two is because he's setting a precedent for the rest of the volumes, which is five set, five volume set, so that, you know, every time he brings up the will of God in quotations, you are what you should hear in your head is the commandments. Right. So. Right. And, and it, it, to, for, furthermore, still, um, it is the innermost will of God. Right. Um and this is this is the relevance also to the idea of the still small voice, right? We we we, I'm sure most of us have heard the 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 story of the the still small voice, um, because as Tanya points out, right, uh, it takes much more internal will and internal effort uh, to expel breath in a whisper than it does in an actual in an actual vocalized tone. Um, it, it takes much more from inside of you to project that uh, because it's only a breath. And that is that's how Torah was brought into existence in and of itself was was on the breath of God. Er, ergo, it it is the most internal will of God. Mm. Now, this this is not a marriage episode, so I, I don't want to stick with that topic too much. Yeah, I only used marriage as an example yeah. because that's one of the most common ones that you hear coming out of the Christian yes, church. Right. Absolutely. So we should probably do a marriage episode because we that totally topic should. came up recently, too. Yep. Um, and spousal <laughs> roles and everything. Um, so, so, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, 100 percent. So now to tie this in, because we got to have some scripture, right? Got to do that. It's, it's always, 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 always. Uh, so. Um, when, uh, when speaking, uh, in, in Matthew, Yeshua actually makes a direct reference to what the will of God means. And he, he even contrasts it to worrying about tomorrow. Some of you might know where I'm going with this in Matthew chapter six, uh, when he says, uh, in verse 31, therefore do not worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear, uh, for the pagans eagerly pursue all these things yet your father in heaven knows what you'll need right and so this sounds like just on the surface is 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 he's only preaching uh towards uh, the idea of worrying about being cared for in your life um, but this is in a, in a much broader picture as well it can be for any decision that you are uh going to make or, or worrying about what tomorrow is that's why he even says don't worry about tomorrow but anyway verse 33 is where i want to focus uh, for your father in heaven knows what you uh, knows that you need all these. Verse thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. This is purely the Jewish mindset. This is, listen, 
everything will take care of itself. Your job is to seek the kingdom. Bring the kingdom here. Do mitzvahs. Bring heaven down. Make your space a little piece of Eden. That's that's what you worry about. God will take care of the rest of everything else. And that's so, the will of God. <laughs> so so the will of God is that you should follow the way of God. Ah, uh, now we're not, ah, good. Now we're getting into that. <laughs> um, and that is that, that well, it, it, it's an obvious truth, right? So here we do see in, in the statement that I just made, there is there is a distinction between the will and way of God. Um, and as we go on, we'll see how the conflation between those two is unified, actually. So one of the first verses that demonstrates to us exactly what the way of God is, right? What the ways of the Lord are, um, is Genesis 18, 19, right? Which says, for I have made myself known to him, speaking about Abraham, uh, so that he will command his sons and his household after him to keep the way of Adonai by doing righteousness and justice so that Adonai may uh, bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. So doing righteousness and justice, right? We're, we're, we're seeing righteousness. Sure. I'll, I'll grant uh, the generality of Christianity's idea of what righteousness is. Now, again, righteousness in a Judaic mindset is synonymous with the Torah. Right, that to, to to say to do righteousness as an act is to do the Torah, uh, but right. also, but also he says justice. So there, we already get the legal precedence of what's being spoken about here, in in the word justice. Um, but and I don't want to go through all of these. There are a ton of them, um, and I, I guess if you Seamus want to look up the next one. Judges 2.22, and I will look up the one after that. And we're, we're going to build a case here. So first of all, these, if you have a King James Bible, right? <laughs> and you have an <laughs> app where you can do a word search. These that we're about to read are, are all where you will find the phrase, the way of the Lord. Okay. Um, and the reason I say KJV is because that's not necessarily how it read in the version that I just read, because I'm reading a TLV. Um, but okay, so you're doing you the judges one or judges two twenty two. I got it. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to, I, uh, hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll just read the, the verse itself, uh, in order to test Israel by them, whether or not they will keep the way of Hashem to walk in it as their fathers did. That's the verse in question to what and, and and i love that it says to walk in it uh because that would be uh the word halach which is where we get the word halacha yes <laughs> you which you, is, you see where we're going with this yes there's a, <laughs> and, and there's actually a, and this is this is important because when we talk about the way uh haderech haderech is hebrew for the way and it also is hebrew for the path like a footpath uh, something like that, like a like a road, and you walk on a path, and that's why the term halacha is used on uh, on on Torah precedents because Torah is haderech, and mm -hmm. you halach on a derech. <laughs> you walk <laughs> on a path, and Torah is the path, so you it's how to walk on this path. 
So that that's your there, there's your little Hebrew midrash uh, for for the day. <laughs> yep. And do you want to look up the next one while I'm reading this one? Sure. Jeremiah five three through five. So what I'm about to read is Proverbs ten verses uh, verse twenty nine, which is the way of Adonai is a stronghold to the upright but it is a ruin to those who do evil. So here we're seeing the way of God being directly contrasted with doing evil, right? Where it's it's still an action. This is not a generic term for a general good. This is something much more specific. All right, so uh, um, five, three through five? Yeah. Okay. All right, and Hashem... <clears throat> It starts with the word Hashem. Uh, anyways, Hashem, do your eyes not look for faithfulness? You struck them, but they did not grieve. You disciplined them, but they refused correction. You made their faces harder than stone. And they refused to return. Then I said, these are only the poor. They are foolish, for they do not know the way of Hashem, the ordinance of their God. Ah, ordinance. There you go. Uh, I will go to the distinguished and speak to them surely they know the way of hashem the ordinance of their god but they too had broken the yoke and torn off the bonds that's a really good one it's there's a lot of buzzwords in that one for uh for torah stuff <laughs> oh yes that's that's one of the most that's one of the more obvious ones there and they get they get more specific here so we're actually the these few that i'm reading here this is going to be a pretty scripture heavy episode uh really Ooh. just to drive home a point um and you know as fast as we're going we may even be able to get through all of these citations um so the next one for you will be psalm 119 8 through 10 now this is this is now again if you have an, an app that uses a KJV uh, word reference this is where you will find his ways uh, or his way and his ways I kind of did a search for both and lumped them all together uh, <laughs> but while you are looking for that got it <laughs> oh well go ahead and read it because I'm still looking for the one that I'm my I'm biblical be doing prowess next. is unmatched <laughs> <laughs> well I'm still getting used to the fact that this uh, this Bible has the the traditional order. I'm not used oh, to the TLV oh. order yet. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I I I can't go back to a to a uh, Christian ordered one anymore because I've got the this one just side note this one makes more sense. It, you got your Torah Nevi'im Ketuvim Torah Prophets Writings, and so you know where it's gonna be just from the the way it's organized. Right. Uh, anyway, rant done. One nineteen verse. Uh, what was it? Five. Um. Eight. One nineteen. It's five or eight. Uh, eight through ten. Eight through ten. I will observe your statutes. Never abandon me utterly. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Let me not stray from your mitzvot, from your commandments. Uh, well, mitzvot is usually synonymous with like uh, typically the positive commandments, like the good deeds. Yes. And so, That's where you'll hear, like, uh, if you've ever been in a conversation with an Orthodox Jew, sometimes you'll hear, like, well, it's a mitzvah, you know? Like, that's to say, well, it's, it's a good thing to do. Like, it's a mitzvah. You got to do a mitzvah. <laughs> so, and, and then last thing before you read that, Psalm 119, every single verse, every single verse in the entire Psalm 119 
has a reference to Torah in it. There is not one verse in the entire psalm, and it's the longest psalm. Not one verse lacks a reference to the Torah in some way. It'll say the way, it'll say mitzvah, it'll say mishpat, uh, ordinances, uh, mishpatim. Um, it'll have different words that it'll, it'll use, but it's all, every every single verse has a reference to the Torah in it. So that's why that's a popular psalm um, for that. It, there's a whole ministry named after it. That's uh, it's a Torah observant <laughs> ministry. But uh, anyway, now you may read your... <laughs> right, so Job 23, 10 through 12 says, Yet he knows the way that I take. If he tested me, I would come out as gold. My foot has held closely to his steps. I have kept his way and have not strayed. Uh, I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. So here, here we again we see this this conflation of the ways of God with the commands from His lips. Like mm -hmm. it's it, this is this is this is obvious, um, and it's only going to get more obvious. So the next is <laughs> going to be Deuteronomy eight six. Do, so the Deuteronomy ones are my favorite because they are so obvious, <laughs> and there's 8. so many of them in Deuteronomy. I, we won't do all the Deuteronomies. We'll do like two out of Deuteronomy, but like in total, there's like eight in Deuteronomy. The um, well, this is so. This is uh, you said six eight or eight six. Eight six. Okay, I was gonna say six eight is within the Shema, and the whole Shema is obviously about the commandments. Uh, but eight six, I got it here. Um, so you are to keep the mitzvot of Hashem, your God, to walk in his ways and to fear him. I, I, Tell me how that doesn't make the ways of God Torah. I mean, what, what more do like, you need? Ap appeal to generality <laughs> there, please. <laughs> uh, the next one in Deuteronomy is Deuteronomy ten twelve, which is, So now, O Israel, what does Adonai your God require of you? But to fear Adonai your God and to walk in his ways and to love him and to serve Adonai your God with all your heart, with all your soul, um, and to keep the mitzvot of Adonai and his statutes that I am commanding you today for your own good. Again, we see this conflation. Um, do you want to do another one in Deuteronomy or move on? Yeah, one more. Why not? Third, third, third time's a charm. Let's do it. 11, <laughs> 12. 11 12 neat it is a land that hashem your god cares for the eyes of hashem your god are always on it from the beginning of the year up to the end of the year uh 11 13 i think you mean there might be uh, a excuse me yep it might be a difference in anyway now if you listen ob obediently to my mitzvot that i am commanding you today today what's he commanding to this day well that would be the torah so if you listen and obediently to my mitzvot that I am commanding you to this day to love Hashem, your God, and to serve him with all of your heart and your soul. And then this is actually a, a part of the, um, this is actually part of the Shema as well. Uh, and so mm -hmm. the, the verse actually cuts off there and it goes into, and I will give rain for your land and its season, the early and the late rains that you may gather in your grain, your wine and your oil. I'll give grass in your field for your livestock and you will eat and be satisfied. Take that, vegans. <laughs> I kid. I got nothing against vegans. Uh, but it, yeah, it's uh, grass in your field for your livestock, and you will eat and be satisfied. That would be eating the livestock. Uh, just a small 
little yep. little jokey joke there. A little fun. <laughs> it's amazing. This is something that comes up again in Joshua, like right after Deuteronomy, right? Um, Joshua 22.5, only be very careful to observe the mitzvah and the Torah, which Moses, the servant of Adonai, commanded you to love Adonai your God and walk in all his ways and to keep his mitzvot. Uh, cling to him and worship him with all your heart and with all your soul. Again, so Joshua is actually repeating what we just read. Yeah, he's even uh, got the Shema in there a little bit. Right, right. Um, next one is going to be First uh, Kings two three. I was actually so I was wondering if the Jeremiah passage had it, uh, but it doesn't have the words the way I don't think. Hmm. <clears throat> Uh, doesn't appear to. Okay. Uh, first Kings. Yep. First Kings two, three. Two, three. Keep the charge of Hashem, your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his decrees, according to what is written in the Torah of Moses, so that you may succeed in all that you do and whatever and wherever you turn that's that's the slam dunk verse right there right right that's the one that's the one <laughs> uh let's see one one from proverbs proverbs nineteen sixteen. one who keeps a mitzvah guards his soul but one who neglects his ways will die and it's a, that's a hebrew parallelism by the way yes yeah. yes so we, we see throughout scripture, we don't have to go through the rest. Uh, I, I will tell you guys that there are total uh, about 28 or 30 different verses in the Torah that specify the way as being the Torah, as we've read here tonight. Um, and those are also the overwhelming majority of the times that you will read those words in reference to God. The other times that you'll read like his way or his ways, it's not in reference to God. It's in reference to a, a person, uh, a king or a, a prophet or just a, a general person. Um, the, the times almost every single time where it's referring to God at being his way it is directly linked with the Torah in this specific fashion. I have, I just had a thought. I just remembered this Midrash. Oh boy. Uh, okay. Okay. This is what, okay. So bear with me here. Uh, so th this is a Midrash and, um, Midrash Bereshit Rabbah. It's uh, it's one one actually. It's uh, the very basically the first one. Uh, but I just realized this as we were talking about it because I I often found it funny that sometimes the Midrash says, "Thus the Torah says" in quotations. It, it'll say, "And the Torah says," and it will quote something not from the Torah. It'll quote something from like Isaiah or from or from Proverbs, and. I always found that funny, you know, the Torah means instruction. So obviously instructions can come from any piece of scripture that's God breathed. So awesome. Um, but it, still, I found it a little funny that they would use the word Torah. Uh, right. it, but I think I, I think I figured it out. I think I know why, especially for this particular Midrash. 
So this is the one where we talk about Bereshit, right? Where it states that uh, with Reishis, right? So if Reishis is the Torah, if we're going to work with that. So that's what this Midrash is making. And I've got it open here. And it says, therefore, the Torah states with uh, Bereshit, with Reishis, God created the heaven and the earth. The word Reshit is in reference to nothing other than the Torah. As the Torah states in its own words, Hashem made me at the beginning of his way. His ways. Proverbs 8.22. Now, what's what's interesting is it says, it says the Torah states and it quotes from Proverbs. But I think what this Midrash is saying is the Torah is the one speaking in Proverbs. And, and yes. so it's not saying that Proverbs is Torah. It's saying that the Torah is is the one talking in in Proverbs eight twenty two. Uh, so that is the that is the midrash for you. That is the the Jewish understanding of the way. <laughs> yep. Um, so and uh, for those of you who are a Patreon subscribers, <clears throat> I know Seamus just uploaded an article. Um, I have been working on recently an article uh, expounding on John one, where I do cite that same midrash. Um, and breaking down uh, initially the first verse there, the the whole narrative of John one is littered with euphemisms and phrases that would indicate that Yeshua is Torah and that Torah was at the beginning. Uh, not just, not just the first verse and, and each, each one of those is going to get its own article, but uh, mm -hmm. that will be, that will be coming up on Patreon very soon. Um I'm, I'm, I'm just in the, I'm, we're in the editing stage now. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm currently going through it right now and reformatting it and, and checking out some of its content and uh, yeah. And then I'll kick it back to him and he'll, whatever these articles take forever to write because they are, uh, we do take our time with these. We try to make them as concise and scholastic as possible so that they're credible so that you can hopefully, you know, if you, if, if you remember, you can, if in the middle of a discussion, actually bring this up and have all your sources there cited and everything and, and pull it up and make a case. And um, yeah. I do that all the time with a lot of other articles from other, other places. And I only ever really do that with articles that are well sourced. I'm obviously not going to cite an article that has no sources in it and just makes all these claims as some sort of, yeah. So anyway, we, we take our time with these that's in the works. Tell you um, what, actually, I may also. I just thought about this, but I, I've compiled this list of all of, of every time that, like, the way of the Lord or His ways is mentioned, and it's clearly indicating the Torah. Um, I'll upload that too. I'll, I'll make that available for everybody. Um, I might just, just put it on Patreon drop or something. It the chat. Yeah, drop it in the chat. <laughs> well, actually, I can't because I'm a guest. I can't engage in the chat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think you can sign in as a host. You know that, right? So you can be here. And oh, I've never chat. signed in as a host. You should except do that. For, <laughs> except for like when I first set it up. I've, um, I've given your email hosting abilities. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll drop it in the chat via probably YouTube or something. Hang on. Give me a minute. Talk Seamus. Yeah, no. And so to try and tie this back with Yeshua himself, right? Because he's known as... Uh, it, this is actually, I think it's a midrash that says the Torah is called the way, the truth, and the life. And it cites a bunch of stuff that we just cited as well. Actually, it might be Talmudic, excuse me. Um, and, you know, that phrase is eerily familiar. Yeshua himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. As we understand it, 
he is the Torah made flesh. And so for him to make that claim, that's that's nothing unheard of. He's just saying, I am a living Torah. Like, I'm I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Um, and so that that's like not a, a crazy claim. That's even, I would say, well within the purview of ancient first century Pharisaic Judaism. The whole goal was to be a living, breathing, walking Torah. Uh, Torah was always meant to be lived. Not, it was never, I wouldn't say never, it wasn't initially meant to be written down. It was meant to be lived out, uh, and then it eventually gets written down at Sinai. Um, but the idea, and this is this is from from the Jewish mindset. I can't remember where I read this. I think it might be Talmudic again. Um, but th- the whole idea was to to be a living Torah, and and so the writing is sort of the guide. But you are supposed to be a walking, living, and breathing Torah. Hey, you did do some posting. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Nice. From my <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, so that's, we, we make this, we say this all the time. We, we believe that Yeshua is the Torah made flesh and we always get disagreed with on that particular point. Cause they're like, well, no, it, he's, he's the Logos. It's not the same thing. And, and we've, I think we've made time and time again, using Midrash, using other Jewish sources and thoughts from the first century that it's, it's that the Logos is the Torah. <laughs> what it is, it's partially a language barrier, and that's because most Christians have this understanding that the Torah didn't exist until Sinai, right? They they don't see the Torah as uh, pre-existent because um, they don't understand that it is the innermost will of Hashem, right? Uh, they mm. they don't they, they don't really understand what the Torah is. To them, it's it's an object. It's this set and list of commands. Uh, so they're they're they have a very one dimensional view of what Torah is, whereas in Judaism there's a much much vaster, broader idea of what Torah is, um, and so it's it's very hard for them to to grasp that concept. Um, whereas if 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 you were to just tell them, look, like everything the everything that you understand about logos, just apply it to the Torah, uh, that would get you closer to the idea that Judaism has on, on the Torah. Um, and I, I, I think, I think a bit of it is that I do think the other half of it though, is the, is out of necessity, right? Because for a lot of people, they have decided already that they want to take an anti-Torah position. So they're, they're not actually open to changing their mind, uh, via examination of scripture. And so because they have already decided that they want to believe it's imperative for them to take any position that would contradict the idea that Yeshua is the Torah or anything that would make the Torah still valid and applicable for today. So this reminded me of a thing that um, I love bringing this up because some of you that may know enough Hebrew may understand that there are two ways to say I am. Uh, and and all the time, uh, what we see is when when God speaks, He usually says Anohi instead of Ani. Ani is one way to say it. You can say Ani, Anihu, uh, which means I am or I am He. But Anohi is the other way to say it, and it's kind of odd that God tends to choose this way sometimes, uh, and and in very particular times He uses this particular uh, you know Anohi, and. That bothered the rabbis. That bothered the the ancient sages. They were like, "Why, why this, uh, why this version of I am in certain instances?" And their answer for it, I think, is is a, is a, is is interesting. It's beautiful. This is again found in the oral traditions. Um, 
but uh, I really like I really like this. So Anochi is in fact an acronym, and it, it's for the phrase Ana Nafshi Kasavis Yahavis. I'm reading, of course, the Ashkenazi version of this pronunciation, um, but that means Ana uh, Nafshi Kasavis Yahavis. I wrote down my soul and gave it to you, or I give you my soul in writing. And so that's why he says, Anochi Hashem, uh, you know, who commands you this day and whatever. He's saying, I, I'm, I'm giving you my soul, the soul of God in written form is the Torah. This is what the Jew understands. This is why the Torah is the Lagos for the Jew. It, that's just the, the Greek equivalent of this idea that it's the very soul, the essence, the nature of God that was with God in the beginning. And John says that with God in the beginning. The Midrash says that the Torah was with God in the beginning, and, and so this is God's soul in written form. So you know that that's that's why we 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 can't we can't just go like oh it's the Lagos it's not the Torah. No, it absolutely is the Torah because that's God's soul. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's my favorite acronym. My, my number one favorite acronym. <laughs> Well, absolutely. It's one of the it's it, it's one of those things, and it makes it makes better sense when you actually begin to unravel like what the logos is, right? The, this this living expression, um, and 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 how you would actually flesh that out in a way that is comprehensible. Um, which you know, uh, the word logos and 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 Lego are actually loosely related to one. Did you ever wonder why they're called Legos? Nope. <laughs> it, it, there there is a relation between the words and and the reason being because what do you do with legos well you you have an internal idea of what you want to build and then you actualize it with them it's 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 that it's that self-expression that's internal and then you literally build it with the blocks right you make what is internal external this is this is this is almost exactly what the the concept of, of logos even is it's a, another way that we've explained it right is is if you have a particular favorite musician and like when i say favorite i mean you you just short of obsess over them <laughs> to the point where if you were to hear a new song of theirs that you had never heard before without without actually hearing the vocalists sing it all you would know who the band is or who the artist is right based solely on the style because what you're hearing is actually the self-expression of the musicians right and you have become attuned to that self-expression to the point where you recognize it even if you haven't heard it before right um and that actually has its own its own basis of relevance when you consider that my sheep hear my voice right <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, yeah, the the idea of logos I think is almost too mystified within Christianity. Um and it's for the sake of making making it far too abstract to grasp. It's it's that idea that well, God isn't God if if we can grasp any individual part of him. He has to be completely incomprehensible in order to be God and and that's it's a false it's a false assumption <laughs> it's a different assumption it's a definite it's a greek assumption to, to tell you what it is the way that me so me and dad talked about this one time right it's like you're in a room that only has one window and there's somebody who is on the opposite wall from where the window is right so they get they have this idea that there's this vast infinite world outside of the window 
but they can't actually see through the window because they're on the other side of the room. And it's like, if somebody else were to actually walk up to the window, you could see more of what is outside the window, but you couldn't see the totality of what's outside the window, but you'd still have a better idea of what's outside the window than the guy who's up against the wall on the other side of the room. And actually, the fact that you can see and comprehend and grasp more of what is outside of the window further informs you on the infinity of what is outside of the window. You have yeah. a better grasp of what that infinity is than the guy who's on, on the other side of the wall right? Who can't see through the window. All he knows is that there's some abstract world on the other side of the window that he can't see. I like that. Uh, that uh, I like that. <clears throat> Allegory? Simile? Yeah. Allegory. Yeah. Parable. Metaphor? <laughs> Parable. <laughs> Boom. That's the one we're going with. I promise I was educated. <laughs> uh, ooh, that's a good comment. Um, Cool. So Amazing. I think after we're hitting up near an hour, I think we've really uh, like done a, a pretty solid job here uh, stating the case and bringing up some enlightenment to the to the idea of the will of God, the way of yep. God, uh, and even threw in some, you know, God's soul in writing uh, in there for y'all, which again, I love that. So it is time. Ask us a question. Put it in the chat. Ah, yes. Uh, it's open. It's open mic nine, night, nine, time. Open I mic time. time night night same same, Open, same. <laughs> these are unscripted videos i'm sorry uh so when we used to shoot these videos and then edit them we would edit out the stuff uh so now you guys just have to deal with it <laughs> yeah you guys get the unabridged version now yeah. <laughs> so. uh cool so while we wait for questions if we get any questions any, I, say, yeah. I know there were a lot of questions when we brought up, you know, the subject of marriage, which, again, we, we you can ask those now, but like we will be doing a video on that. So you could also wait, too. I'm not I'm not telling you which one to do. Let's see. I'm kind of scrolling back through some of those questions and I'm not uh, some of them we talked about already. So. Um, uh, so, okay, actually, you know what? I found one that I missed. Uh, so what mainstream Christianity ideas will of God is actually more closer to God's mission for a specific person. For example, when a person feels called to be a youth pastor, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's sort of like a the Christian way of looking at it. Um, like, yeah, that, I feel a calling and like this is the will of God. It's kind of the kind of the same thing. Um, and we're not we're not downplaying that. Um, I think it would be. We would be lying to you if we felt like uh, we just decided to start, you know, alternate media and the Killing Church podcast. We felt a calling <laughs> to do this, so there is some legitimacy to that, absolutely. Um, you know, but uh, you know, you ultimately you do maintain the free choice, uh, and 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 we say this all the time: God will always honor your decisions. Put it. I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. Um... Because certainly there is a, there there is a concept of a calling. I, I can accept that, um, but I, I think a lot of times we don't even realize it. Uh, so we we started alternate media um, really just as a hobby for fun. Um, <laughs> we did not expect it to take off the way that it did, and we didn't expect uh, to be to be viewed as as a source of learning. We just figured we would put out videos. Uh, explaining what we have learned just so that it's out there uh, for other people but we didn't 
necessarily expect to gather a, a following and the well Hashem had other plans and you know <laughs> now 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 we do and so you know the calling was alerted to us whereas we were just doing something we thought would be fun to do um and we had I, I wouldn't the... say fun I would say we were trying to be helpful uh well, okay we yeah getting, we get questions all the time and it was it, we you and I were both like you know what we get the same questions all the time. Let's just make a bunch of videos answering some of these questions. And that way, when we get asked again, instead of repeating ourselves a hundred times, just point them to send the video. Them a video. And, and, uh, and so that's how it started. And then it kind of exploded uh, at the at the blessings of Hashem, for sure. <laughs> so you never know. It's, it's um, one of those things where if you, are, if you are walking in the ways of the Lord, His will will be revealed to you. Here's a good question. Uh, so I think you meant hows. Uh, so sorry for the typo if it offends anybody. So how does walking in the way help us to draw near to Hashem? Okay. There are two ways to answer that. Uh, I'm going to let you do the first answer and we'll see if we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you as, a, you, you as a person, you are actively involved in obviously whatever it is that you're doing I, I get that that sounds like uh like a redundancy but in a spiritual sense it, it really isn't like you are involving and clothing yourself and investing yourself you are making yourself one with your actions you are you are invested in them but these actions are directly from the the being of hashem right he he is inherently in them so when you when you are carrying them out you are actually unifying yourself with hashem in this aspect and that's actually why torah torah study is considered to be the highest forms of worship for this reason is because you're you're not only physically obeying a command in in, in that you're studying the torah right but you are actively involving your your internal will your internal your mind your focus your your soul itself is invested in this idea of trying to grasp torah when in that act in and of itself hashem is grasping you in in a sense <laughs> i you are becoming intellectually unified with him in that act so my, okay so you actually hit a different point than i was going to hit i was going to use a parable um, when you, if you're in a relationship, married or not, the, the way you draw near to your spouse, this is not a physical level. This is on a much more spiritual level is one by, by studying them, right. By trying to get to know them more and better, uh, you know, what, what they love, what they hate, uh, the, the foods they like to eat. And, and you start to do things for them, uh, to make them happy. Um, and there are certain things that your significant other in one way, shape or form is going to ask of you. Uh, certain things just can't be communicated from visual aspect. They might have to tell you, Hey, I really appreciate it when you, and then they give you something that you can sort of do, um, when you walk in the way, right. For lack of a better, uh, use of the term of your spouse, you naturally draw closer to them. Your relationship is, is going to be. Uh, pulled in closer because you are building a bond for each other by by getting to know each other. So that 
we draw near to God and he draws near to us. It's definitely a two way uh, meet you in the middle kind of street. And by studying and walking in his way and, and trying to love him the way he asked us to love him is what will draw. He will draw near to us and we will draw near to him in the same in the same way. So it's, it's, it's very much a marriage covenant, uh, which is why I love using that as a as a um, metaphor. So it's like it's like Torah is the five love languages, but for God and and yeah. And, and it's not five, it's 613. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, is not actually a lot. It's more like 80 after you break it down to what actually applies right. to you. <laughs> but uh, actually, uh, he's being facetious in this one. <laughs> Doesn't Paul say, if you obey Torah, Jesus is no longer used to you. No, Paul says- If you're not sinning, he's... Jesus died for nothing. <laughs> No, what Paul said was, if you get circumcised, i.e. if you go through a full ritual legal Jewish conversion into Judaism, then Yeshua is no use to you. Because uh, Yeshua paid your price to be welcomed into the family. If you do it by your own means and you, and you earn your own way into the covenants, into the family, into the promise, well then, you've... You, <laughs> You know, what use is there? That That's, and again, this is actually rhetoric. Paul is using rhetoric. The same kind of rhetoric that uh, a parent would use um, to their kid when they say things like, well, if your friends jump off a bridge, are you going to do the same? It's that kind of language. It's very much like, well, if you convert, you know, Jesus is nothing to you. He's not saying that absolutely. You can convert and Jesus still means something to you and work for you, obviously. But this is a rhetoric. This is a This is a type of line that a parent would use to a child. T tell you what it is. <clears throat> um, if you become an American citizen, refugee status is of no use to you. Uh, say say that again. I'm sorry. If you be if if you become a naturalized American citizen, then refugee status or amnesty, take your pick, uh, are of no use to you. Yeah, that is essentially what Paul is saying. And 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 Paul's trying to also make the case that if you stay a non legal convert. And, and, and your salvation has been proven, right? You've received the spirit. Everyone knows you're part of the family. Um, that's a miracle. That's in and of itself a beautiful thing that you didn't have to go through this legal conversion process and earn this salvation. It was gifted to you regardless of your state. Uh, and so when you go through it anyway, in some cases, not all cases, right? Paul had, um, I think it was Timothy... Or Titus, one or the other, he had him circumcised. It, it, certain cases, right? Again, this is a rhetoric. This letter is full of rhetoric. Um, but he's, he's trying to illustrate a point that you are a miracle child born of the Spirit. If you go through the conversion process, you're no longer a miracle child. Now you've done it through your own means. Uh, and so that's kind of the point he's trying to get across. Again, there's a ton of rhetoric there. It's a great book. I can't remember the title of it. Um, but it is a... a, a doctorate's uh view of galatians from the from the first century point of view and he actually makes a point from the greek written in galatians uh, how it's very very much like parent to child speak it's it's very rhetorical in this way um he he actually makes the comparison that it's more like when a, when a child when a parent says i'm i'm leaving don't have any parties while i'm gone because uh, you'll mess the place up and then the kid hears oh i can have parties as long as i don't mess the place up what the kid didn't hear was, no, don't have any parties. The reason doesn't matter, but the kid only heard the reason. So, like, he leaves Galatians, and then he, he leaves the, the Galatia, 
area to, to themselves and they start have that thought and they're like well we can still do these things right as long as we still accept the you know one way or another or we clean up and he'll never know like they, they kind of they're kind of cheating their way in paul finds out about it and he talks to them like a parent does to a child who found out that they did have a party whether anything's broken or not there's a disappointment that's there so there's a ton of rhetoric galatians is a is a fantastic book when you do a word study into the greek there's actually a lot going on there it's uh one of my favorite books to actually look into um <laughs> mostly because every time i get on tiktok everyone's like read galatians and so, <laughs> so <laughs> it's like the number one man and it's funny because it, it it's used for so many different topics not just torah but also trinitarianism and like there are a number of different things you would you would think that the christian actually didn't need the rest of the bible galatians is enough because that's their answer to everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, Seamus mentioned something about Epistle to Hebrews skips over Millennium and Lancaster's commentary. Is there somewhere I can read about this? Uh, there's a episode. Uh, no, it's not an episode. Yes, it is an episode of the Messiah podcast uh, from First Fruits of Zion, where they it's just Thomas Lancaster speaking at a convention they did in 2019, I believe. And he goes over this concept. Uh, but yeah, the book of Hebrews... Um, so there's, there's the present age and then there's the millennial reign and then there's the Olam Haba, the world to come. The book of Hebrews, uh, doesn't address the millennial reign at all. And so what we mean is it sort of skips over it as in it, instead of talking about the millennial reign, it talks about from here and then into the Olam Haba. It's not that it's, that it doesn't believe in a millennial reign. It's just that it, it's not, it never references it, doesn't talk about it. Uh, and so it sort of skips over the millennium. That's that's what I meant by that. Um, yeah. Okay, so is that to say we should not convert? I've actually done a video on this one already uh, on, a, on on the old TikTok. Uh, and I, I would say it, it sort of depends on your situation, uh, but generally, no. Uh, there's no reason to. Um, and if you... That's not to say that you can't. Um, you can, but you got to make sure that you don't fall into the whole, well, I'm, I'm converting so that I can be more welcome um, or part of, like to get in. Uh, if that's your motivation, then no. Uh, and, and the struggle is if you are going to do the conversion process, not falling into that mindset. Uh, and Paul would rather that you just didn't. Uh, but there's, there's certainly cases in which it's it's uh, certainly something that you should go through, especially if you have like a, a deep Jewish blood lineage somewhere in your family and you're just not halachically Jewish. It might be worth uh, seeking out and, and, you know, and doing like again, like Paul did with Timothy. Um, you know, Timothy was technically Jewish, but not halachically Jewish. So Paul made sure to finish that for him. Uh, so there's certainly a case where it's warranted. Um, but especially if you're like me, I have, I don't have a drop of Jewish blood in me at all. Uh, and so no, I, I, I don't think I would convert. Um, I would maybe like to, to be more welcome at like Passover seders and Orthodox homes. Um, but at a certain point, all I'm really doing is doing that to kind of get in closer and that's the wrong motivation. And so really you shouldn't convert it. The motivation is a big part of that, of that question. You have anything to add to that? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no. Uh, to to that point, um, this and this is something that uh, Dad and I were discussing. Track Tech Gary uh, the other day, uh, which outlines a process of conversion. But in addition to that, it it discusses different forms of conversion that are invalid due to the motivation. 
um, which one of them that's mentioned actually is for the sake of marriage, um, like con converting uh, specifically so that you can marry somebody who is a Jew uh, mm -hmm. is considered, at least from what from what we derived from Tractate Garim, that's an invalid conversion. Yeah, it, it, things. There's a lot of halacha behind that. But generally, I, I I discourage it in the same way Paul discouraged it. Um, we we don't think that we don't want you to fall into the hole. You're trying to sort of earn your way into the family. Uh, right. Yeshua did that for you, um, and so any conversion after that would have to be from a different motivation entirely. Um, and that that balance is hard to find. So generally, I discourage it. Uh, there is a case of of a person that we know personally. Um, who's in a position where I would I would tell him, yeah, it, it would be worth seeking and converting. Um, all right, oh, question. One, 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 one more thing to mention about Tractate Garim, right? Uh, because what it mentions about the conversion is that, you know, you, you, you take them uh, and baptize them, and then, or, you know, you, you mikvah them. And uh, when they come up out of the mikvah, you give them four mitzvot, right it's 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 these four that they're supposed to focus on right um <laughs> only four <laughs> only four yeah it's it's it's, it's interesting how, how how even talmudically right according <laughs> to this tractate that 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 you you get assigned four upon conversion hmm. not not 613 interesting <laughs> right 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 <laughs> um but uh all right so this question is an interesting one um i don't want to ignore it it's not really on topic but we can touch on it. What do y'all think of the saints that rose when Yeshua died having to do with the 24 elders around the throne in Revelation? So he's talking about Matthew, I believe. It's 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 at the it's in Matthew. The thing about it yeah. from a historian's perspective, it's only in Matthew. I don't think it's in any of the other synoptics or in John. Uh and so there's there's a lot, uh there's there's some stuff in there about what that really means if it's if it's like the only mystical portion within matthew and um do you, uh, do you have anything to add to that i, I don't want to have a whole another hour and a half video on that one i'm sorry I, <laughs> I, yeah no i don't um i it's funny i get a lot of questions about revelation uh and for most of them i don't actually have a solid answer because i have not re-examined revelation uh for a long time and that's because I'm, I'm really trying to focus on uh, centering my worldview where it needs to be uh, with respect to Torah. And I'll, I'll re-examine Revelation when I think I, I might be ready for that, because uh, one of the things that I've come to understand about Revelation is it's probably a lot more Kabbalistic than anybody wants to admit. Yeah, and I think we've mentioned this before. Um, originally, the, the church fathers didn't like Revelation. They didn't want it in the canon. And the reason for it behind it was it was too Jewish and it was too and it preached a literal coming kingdom. And the early church fathers had Rome uh, and they didn't believe in a literal kingdom. They believed they were living in the kingdom. And so they, they didn't want anything to do with Revelation primarily because Rome was their kingdom. Uh, and they were already making separations from the Jewish mindset. And they I uh, can't remember which father. I think it was Origen or yeah, I think it was Origen who said um, uh, those who believe in a literal kingdom uh believe in the way of the detestable jews and that's not the way that we think uh and and so it's essentially the, the idea of a a millennia right the a millennialism 
originates with the church fathers as a way of separating themselves from the from their Jewish origins. Uh, and so sometimes that, generally speaking, that's mostly in jest, but generally speaking, amillennialism is founded in anti-Semitism, um, technically speaking. But, you know, in the same way, Volkswagen was also founded by Nazis. That's not to say that they are Nazis, but it was technically, it was technically founded by Nazis. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. so uh, you know, Roe is in the comments asking facetious questions again, and we're uh, twelve minutes over an hour. I think uh, we're not trying to ignore you, uh, but we know what you're getting at. <laughs> so I think we're gonna wrap it up. Um, and uh, let's see here. You wanna you wanna do the outro, I guess, or something? <laughs> outro. <laughs> <laughs> he's you know, begging mentioned patreon like and subscribe <laughs> mentioned yeah discord. you know all, all, all of the cool stuff yeah which we will be doing an after party in the discord after this so mm-hmm. gotta be a patron to join in but uh it's always a good time to have Start uh, dollar. several several people there all all discussing um we talk about what we discussed tonight uh, we talk about a number of other things the conversation kind of flows organically um and it's you know one, it's kind of like one so right it's, it's like hanging out with us backstage and uh it, it's always an awesome time so definitely if you want in on something like that subscribe to the patreon uh starts at one dollar one dollar gets you in um mm-hmm. and, uh, and the, a bunch of other finances. exclusive content too by the way like you get oh yeah there's there's a ton of exclusive content yeah. up there and the money goes to a good cause like we just discussed earlier tonight uh, we will be having the bookshelf starter kit that is going to be given away here soon. Um, and a number of other giveaways we'll be doing. There's a couple of other books that'll be given out individually and stuff like that. Some, you know, mm-hmm. smaller, smaller prizes. The bookshelf starter kit is the grand prize. Um, and it's not a competition for it. it's going to be a raffle drawing. And that is based on Patreon membership. So yep. $1 gets you in. <laughs> $1 gets you into the drawing. All right. Um, that's the Patreon. Again, like, subscribe. Uh, it's the easiest way that you can support us. It really helps us out a lot. Uh, and I, I, even, the, again, the, the $1 uh, a month Patreon, also every single dollar we're super thankful for. At some point, your dollar goes to a good cause, and, and we're super thankful for uh, every every donation. Uh, really, we <laughs> again, uh, like we said earlier on in the episode, to even have one Patreon at, at some point, we were both sort of like, wow, <laughs> I can't believe this. Right. Um, so, uh, all right. And I think that's it. I'm going to throw those Patreons back up on the screen because they rock. Yeah. <laughs> we got to edit. We got to edit this too. There's been a couple more. Uh, so I've added one. There's one I did not add on purpose. Right, right. That is, that is understandable. We need to talk with him, and he's not allowed to. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, we sometimes turn away patrons. We're like, no, stop. <laughs> You're too close to us. You can't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so anyway, yeah, thanks again to our top-tier Patreon supporters. You guys rock. A uh, couple of new names up here on the board. So once again, thank you guys. Um, really, uh, it's unbelievable. Um, what you guys do and what God has done. And so hopefully we can pay it forward. Um, 
Okay, uh, man, I'm really bad at outros. I think that's good, though. I was gonna so say, that's... close it, man. Close it. I'm just gonna show me my homie, and <laughs> you got uh, you got anything left? <laughs> I got yes, I have. <laughs> all right, all right. So let me, let me set this up so we're ready to go. And uh, <laughs> Lechaim. <laughs> Lechaim. <laughs>